0: This is the Horse Radio
1: Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning.
0: Good Tuesday morning, everybody. One week till Christmas. Time to panic. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I am Christy Landwehr from
2: Aurora, Colorado. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for this Tuesday, December 18th, episode 2079. This episode is brought to you by the Certified Horsemanship Association. Good morning, horse world.
1: Houston, we have a problem.
2: Ability equals skill plus knowledge.
3: I got a bad feeling about this.
4: Here's a safety tip for you from the Certified Horsemanship Association.
2: Missed it by that much.
5: How can I change this to make it better the next time?
3: Help do I can. Yeah! Mm.
4: Time for Training Tuesday on Horses in the Morning with the Certified Horsemanship Association.
0: Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. And Christy is here the third Tuesday of every month. And Christy has been here the third Tuesday of every month for the last five years. That is wild. This <laughs> is we your anniversary. We just figured that out, didn't we, Glenn? Yes.
2: Five-year anniversary after this show is over because we started in January five years ago you realize wow. i think
0: our contract was from a, for a year and we just never renewed it we just kept going. <laughs> we just never stopped right <laughs> it's like, we
2: just liked it yeah like it's just, fine let's just keep doing it
0: <laughs> like with most things in my life i just forget to stop um <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's so exciting though five years you've been doing this show that's uh that's a lot that's almost 50 episodes right am i getting it right Four times four. Yeah. Five 60 times episodes. 12, 60
2: episodes. That's <laughs> yes. a lot.
0: That's a lot of training Tuesdays.
2: But it's because it's so much fun. It's like not like work.
0: That's it's right. just fun. And you That's know, right. I've actually gotten a week about to hang out with you a few times. I'm going to get to see you here in a couple of weeks.
2: You are at the Western and English Sales Association show in Denver, Colorado, where I live.
0: That's right. I'm coming out. We're gonna. I'm gonna go to the show this year, and uh, we're gonna get together that Monday. I'm I'm excited to see you again. As a matter of fact, we saw you at that show a couple years ago. So we did. I think that's
2: that's where I met you guys for the first time, face to face. And I walked up and
0: said, "God, you're tall." And then we took a picture. (laughs) All my hosts are like five foot two or three. And then I walk in, I'm looking eye to eye with you, and I'm going, wow, that's a first.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's a tall host. So I have to tell you, I just looked up on Google five-year anniversary. Yeah. So the traditional anniversary gift is wood. However, that's not very modern. So
0: now you give silverware. Silverware. (laughs) (laughs) you want want a fork with a horse on it there
2: you (laughs) go cheap metal for me Jennifer look up
0: equestrian silverware and see what you come up with Uh, (laughs) 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 well I am excited that you're you're still around you're still doing it and I enjoy when you show up and I especially enjoy what today's going to be and Jennifer's going to tell us about that
4: well, I certainly am coming up on today's Certified Horsemanship Association episode. In preparation for our New Year's resolutions coming up, we are cleansing our souls with an entire show of equestrians' pet peeves, and our guests, CHA Regional Director Joanne Young and CHA Board Member Shelley Hendley, are leading the charge. So stay tuned for the fray, folks.
0: Pet Peeves Day! Yay! We've done this before. It's always a fun episode because... For some reason, horse people have a lot of opinions and issues with (laughs) people and things. Um, I I posted on the auditor page last night, and this was literally when I went to bed about 11 o'clock. I I remembered, oh, I got to post a pet peeves thing. There were like 50 comments by the time I woke up this morning. So, yes, so horse people are opinionated, to say the least.
2: (laughs) And, you know, it's good, though, because we have some things that we really do care about, but we always title it for us, pest peeves around the barn and the solutions to solve them. So it's not just a gripe session. It's actually, and how do we fix it on the education side?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not going to do that the first half hour.
2: <laughs> we're just <gonna> gripe. Great. <laughs> Excellent. I love that.
0: <laughs> just going to gripe. <laughs> um, the, uh, I don't know. What do you want to, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the auditors and what they had to say? Oh,
2: absolutely. Just right at the top. I love Jane's. Let's okay. just start right at the top
0: and work our way we down. We won't use last names, just in case. Um, so Jane says, when people leave their horse's halter, clip to one of the cross ties while they go out to ride. It's a little thing, but geez, unclip your halter and put it somewhere else. Now I'm responsible for my horse and your halter. It is true. And you yes. know, if you're at home, you know, like where we are, where we board by, you know, on our own, then you can leave the halter clipped, right? Because you're the only one going to be using it. But boy, at a boarding stable, this, I remember this being an issue.
2: It is an issue. And I'll tell you, you know, once again, I got to go the safe route because, you know, the organization of which I run, that's what we care about. And okay, so now you're going to walk up there. Now this halter is attached to this thing. Now your horse that you're putting into the cross tie gets hung up in the halter because you didn't notice it sitting there. And then you have a wreck. So there's many, many things that are irritating about that one, Jane. I love it.
0: And plus, then, you take it off. You're not sure whose halter it is, maybe, because there's a lot of borders. And you don't know where to put it. And you put it someplace, and then they got to find it when they get back. It's just a mess. But then again, they deserve it. So there you go. Uh, (laughs) Nan said, uh, sometimes I just want to be alone with my horse, but everybody else is all chatty. Jennifer, yeah, you've had this barns. problem, haven't you, Jennifer? <laughs> Jennifer, when she goes up, when she <laughs> boarded, she just didn't want to be bothered. I just want to ride my horse. I don't want to be bothered with the drama.
4: No, no. Some, and some people don't get the whole, you know, high and passing and keep moving and, you know. No, some people just need to chat. I get it. Some people go to the barn because they need to talk because they need to talk. And no. No talking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just no talking. We should have like a sign, like, you know, bubble above our heads that says, please don't talk to me yeah. today.
3: Yeah.
4: Right? You exactly. know, good maybe mood, I, I need bad a mood. Shirt that has that, that, that red circle with the line through it and a person talking on there, maybe. I need that shirt. <laughs> there you go. I wear
2: it every time you go to the barn. And it needs to be in your back and on your front. So either way they approach you, they know.
3: Yes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That is true, though. I mean, and you do get all types at the barn. You get the ones who don't even play with their horse and just talk the whole time. True. There's those people, too. Uh, Kristen said, people who put their tack on other people's racks.
2: Yes, the community tack room. Very irritating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because then if you take it off, you don't, again, you don't know what to do with it, right? So, you know, not right. quite sure maybe whose ta- who's tack it is. Um, <laughs> Moe, <laughs> I know Mo pretty well, and she said, people, just people. And that's... Ha, ha.
2: <laughs> and that could be said for rock climbers, yes. rock climbing. <laughs> like, that could be said for people bicyclists. that go to the gym. Yeah. That could be bicyclists. Oh, yeah, it goes on and on and on. That's awesome. <laughs>
0: Good one, Mo. <laughs> and I can just—I can hear her saying it. Uh, Courtney said, "Poultry, one word, poultry." Apparently, maybe her horse doesn't like chickens. I don't. There must know. be a
2: rooster incident here. Yeah, there must something. be something. She should <laughs> post more on the auditor's page. Inquiring minds want to know. Uh, do you have
0: chickens? So don't you?
2: Oh, we got a lot of chickens, and it's the only time they get out of their coop is when I teach a riding lesson because then there's too much activity, and so the fox stays away because we all have a neighborhood fox. Mm. So we love the chickens out running, but the chickens stay by their coop, and our arena is pretty far away from the coop, so they never come over where we ride. But yeah, that's funny. I think there's a
0: rooster story with (laughs) Courtney. I really do. My brother uh, decided—he lives about a mile from us, and we live in an equestrian neighborhood. And it's somewhat wooded and and somewhat not. You know, every—we have 400 little farms. They're all like 5 to 10 acres. And he lives about a mile on the other side of the neighborhood. And he uh, kept getting one of his pieces of fence knocked down, so he put up one of those game cameras on a tree. And he has ha- found the most amazing things happen at night right outside his back door. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's got all kinds of deer, big deer, little deer, uh, mamas, babies running through his yard every single night. But th- in the last week, he's also had bobcats going through. Ooh boy. Uh, yeah, so he's caught some amazing things on on that camera. It just makes you want to get a camera and post it on a tree to see what happens when well, your, while have- you're sleeping.
2: So much interesting things right now. The Canadian geese don't want to fly south for the winter because we've been in the 50s. So they think here is fine for the winter, I guess. So they have not left. So the Canadian geese are landing in my 10 acre field. I don't know why they like it so much, but we're not talking 10. We're talking hundreds of Canadian geese in my 10 <laughs> With acre the horses? field. Oh yeah. <laughs> so my Appaloosa, he loves to snake them. He'll go up and kind of do that thing on the ground and snake them. And they're too lazy to even like fly. They just look at him and honk and flap away and run. And he's too lazy to chase them. So he just walks. But it's very entertaining. <laughs> it just cracks me up. And so the other day I have a riding lesson. Well, I want to go in the field. So I go in the field with my student we're kind of moved on from the arena we're going to do some trail stuff now we're out in the field and i have cross-country jump set up out there i have all kinds of cool stuff we're going to go do some fun stuff and there's all these geese and i look at her and i go ready get ready for a big spook because they're going to take off all 500 of them at the same time sure enough they did and the horses (laughs) did their little 180s but we we survived it but oh my gosh the geese (laughs) buddy
0: do you and right this time of year, and more up in the mountains from where you are, the bears probably have gone into hibernation at this point, or or heading that direction. Do 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 you see because you're down in the valley in Denver? There, do you ever see elk or moose or anything like that come down? Do they ever come down in the valley?
2: You no, know, we have deer and we have antelope, and
0: the antelope hang out in my pasture too, and really? they jump the fences. Uh huh. You yeah. need to put one of those night cameras up like I think did. we you, do. You yeah, said you, that. You, you uh-huh. might be amazed what shows up at night. Or maybe you don't want to know. That's the other yeah, thing, Yeah,
2: may- that is true. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I do not want
0: to know. <laughs> Lily said, when people don't take care of the twine, she talked about bale or twine, after cutting open a new bale, they just leave it on the floor. Yeah, that's kind <gasps> of annoying.
2: Well, I'll tell you what a huge deal this is. So when I worked at the urban farm in Denver, it's an at-risk youth riding program, and we would have all the different groups of kids feed. So we taught them how to go around with a hay cart, and we had 50 horses. Well, they get lazy, and they leave the twine around. And one day, one of the horses, his name was Rocky, was colicking. So we went ahead and um, mineral oiled him. And guess what came out? A whole a gigantic ball all of bailing
3: twine. There you uh-huh.
2: Go. And they the vet said, the vet goes, you almost all killed Rocky today. And he made all the kids that fed that day and the day before, because he didn't know, you know, which group had left the bailing twine. He made them all come. It was a mandatory meeting to go ahead and have a conversation. And we took that bailing twine and we put it in a shadow box up on the wall of the <laughs> feed room.
3: Oh. We
2: did. <laughs> Uh huh. <laughs> so I love it, Lily. I am all about it. Yeah. Yeah. You cannot
0: a, let Baylor Twine in the fields. That's just not good. Or anywhere for that matter. Uh, Nana uh, said uh, people looking down. Oh, this is a pet peeve, especially of jumpers and hunters. Uh, people looking down in the sand while riding in the arena. So I have no idea which direction they are planning to go as we meet. Uh, she says it's not always obvious that they plan to stay right and or on a circle, eyes up and looking where you're going, f- folks. <laughs> so she's right. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, right? Well, that's uh, just good riding. Right. You're supposed to look up. <laughs> that's right. Look where you're going, not not uh, where your feet are. Um, Joy says not putting away anything and everything, feeding treats to other horses, offering advice when it isn't asked for, and not picking up after your horse poops. Joy has a lot of opinions. Um, yes, yes, and yes.
4: <laughs> I think I think Joy's falls in the category of people.
0: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> all people are irritating. Yes. Uh, you know what? What do you think about feeding treats to other horses? You see this all the time. Ooh, gosh! Guess what? I have an opinion. So
2: on this matter, um, I I have I teach little kids. And little kids and adults, they want to feed the horses the treat, right? They like this. They feed dog biscuits to their dog. They want to feed the treat. So we untie from the tie rail. We bring over to a determined location in between the tie rail and where we're going to put the horse away. We put the lead rope over the neck, and they get to do what we call carrot stretches, three of them. So they get little pieces of carrots to the right back to their hip, to the left back towards their hip, and then underneath their chest like they're bowing. The horses have it down. Like, they start doing the movement before the kid even gets there with a carrot, right? And it's just good, because then the kid learns how to feed with a flat hand, and then the horse learns, I can't nip at the rails. I'm not going to get anything when I'm tied. So it's actually worked out for us pretty well that way.
0: There you go. (laughs) Lindsay says, storing or hanging pitchforks with the pointy parts of the tines facing out? (laughs) Who does that? (laughs) Who does that is right. (laughs) Uh, Ouch. Yeah, anyway, I don't even get that one. Uh that's just common sense, but then we're lacking a lot of that today too. Uh Sharon said people who take the clip off those ho- my horse's stall latch and then complain cuz he got out and let their horses out. Yep, can't do that. Mm. Oh that's ding ding this. ding ding yes. ding ding
4: ding. That's one of my pet peeves. People taking my double-ended snaps.
0: Ooh. That's <laughs> yeah. rude. Well not yes. only that, double ended <laughs> snaps. Let's talk about double ended snaps. As a horse husband, um we used to buy them for like 75 cents, the brass ones, and now they're like 4 dollars each. What happened to double ended snaps? Ooh, they it's had like, a big inflation. They did. Double ended snaps are expensive now. So yeah. Uh scary yeah. says And they uh, disappear. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. Uh they're like socks. They just disappear. Ah. <laughs> Gary says, people with absolutely no clue about anything telling everybody how they should be doing things. <laughs> Once
2: again, she falls with the Mo category.
0: People. Just <laughs> yes, people. people. Exactly. Uh, when people open supplement containers and forget to p- put the scoops back in them and or put the lids back on. Yeah, you, you really need to put the lids back on or you're going to get critters in those yep. containers. Yes, and a scoop is good, otherwise yeah, you don't know I'll how much.
4: Right scoop for the right container, please. Don't mix them up. Oh, yes.
0: Bad otherwise. Jennifer's really good because she knows I I help feed occasionally. And I have to have, if she says one scoop of this, it better be the correct scoop in the container, or I'm going to guess and they're going to get way too much or way too little. So she's gotten very good at putting the exact scoop in the container for what it needs. So,
4: And it's never more complex than a scoop or a half. That's right. Because otherwise you change the size of the scoop. See,
0: (laughs) she's taught me a lot of things in in the 30 years we've been married, but she's also learned how to adapt to my horse husband this and to change things so that I get it. Because there's only so much changing I'm going to do, right? Uh, Yeah, that's right. You can't change people. Isn't that true of marriage, though, in general? Oh, without a doubt. How long have you been married? 19 years. Yeah, there you go. um <clears throat> oh I want to know how you feel about this one. Horses going down the road and we see it all the time here in Florida with their heads hanging out of the trailer window. I say
2: they're not dogs. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it is dangerous. One rock comes up, hits him in the eyeball. Yes, the,
2: the eyeball, yes, yeah. is put their head in the trailer. It's They're, what it's meant for. Yeah,
0: but they put the thing down, and they think it's cute that their horses are traveling down the road with their heads uh, hanging out. And we see it all the time here, don't we, Jennifer?
2: Uh, I might get some mean <laughs> comments afterwards on the thing.
0: Christy is too much of a rule follower. But yeah, no, I don't like that one either. No, Okay. That's yep, not maybe. good. Carly said, uh, leaving cinches and girths to drag on the ground and not placed on the saddle. Oh, when you put them back on the yeah, rack. I think that's yes. what she's talking about. I, I agree. did that. I must admit, I did that the other day when I was helping Jennifer out. But that was an that was a stressful you situation we had to deal with. You know, I
4: way. didn't say a word, did I? No,
0: you didn't, because there was words. enough other things to deal with. <laughs> Sometimes some of these have to uh, be exceptions to the rules.
2: Oh, if there's an emergency situation, the pet peeves go out the window. That's yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: right. Uh, This is Rachel, and Rachel watches a lot of Western shows, and I can see why she says this, because we've all seen it. People along the rail, these are spectators, along the rail at a show saying petty things about the exhibitors. She says, unless you're being abusive or punishing the horse for something that's your fault, in which case, game on, but otherwise shut up. (laughs)
2: Well, they don't know. So I'm going to have an example. I love examples. So I went to the um, National Vaulting Association, okay, American Vaulting Association Nationals. It was in Denver a few years ago. And it was open to the public. So there was a family that came. And the mom was sitting there with her children and the dad. The dad wasn't saying a word. And the mom was saying, oh, look at that big whip. That's horrible. They probably beat the horse with it. Mm -hmm. Oh, look how they have that horse's head tied down. Oh, this is just not good. And so... I'm kind of an educator, so I had to educate. And I explained how the whip actually never ever touches the horse. It's just an extension of the lunger's arm to get the horse to go in the right direction. And that actually, when you put a horse's head down, those are called side reins. And when you do that, it actually makes the horse's back come up, which means that it's going to be safer for the vaulter and the horse. And it kicks endorphins into the horse's brain that the horse is chill. Because when the horse's head is up, they are looking for the scary thing 40 miles away. When the horse's head is down, they're relaxed and calm. And then she went, oh, thank you for educating me. And I went, you're welcome. So every now and then they don't get mad when you try to educate. I was going to say,
0: did she buy it? Was she with you? She actually was
2: (laughs) relatively nice to me, but that could be because her small children were right there.
0: Uh, Karen, who's our host of the endurance show says the thing that annoys me the (laughs) most, I know what this one is. The thing that annoys me the most in my barn is when the dumb owner leaves the water running when filling the water trough. And by the dumb owner, she means herself because she did this the other day and apparently it ran all night. So. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) And when it's cold out, that makes an icy mess. Um, yeah. And you know, Kara jumped in and said, I set an alarm on my phone when I do water troughs now because I forget. And I've left it running yeah, for eight hours. That's a hours. good idea. So I just—we've done that. I mean, we've all done that, right? I mean, yeah, that's we've a all good idea. That. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've not, got a pet peeve. Yes. That
4: relates to this one. My pet peeve is that on my Android telephone, when you set yourself an alarm, it automatically shuts itself off after thirty seconds. Why is it an alarm? If <laughs> oh, it just yeah, shuts that's itself not good. off, it needs, it needs to, to keep go ringing. longer. It's an
0: alarm.
2: Yeah, I would agree. That's a yes, pet peeve sorry. about alarms.
0: Yeah. Uh, They
4: shut themselves off. They need to keep going.
0: Stephanie jumps in, leaving your stuffed brushes, halters, blankets, hair, poop in the cross-tie area when you go ride. Well, that's kind of the one we had had before. Um, uh, She says, you don't own that zone for the next hour. (laughs) (laughs) Same (laughs) with the wash rack, right? Uh, It's kind of the same thing. Uh, Rachel says, and this is for the jumpers out there: people who set up elaborate jump gymnastics exercises and take up the entire arena, and then do not bother to pick up the standards of poles when they are done. I always thought it was a kind of a given. You set up the way you want, next person in had to deal with it. Hmm. Is there a standard set up? Jennifer? You work, you know, you've done a lot of jumping areas. Is it what? What's the what's the unspoken rule?
4: Every barn has a different set of rules it's usually one of two things it's either put it back the way you found it in other words if there's a course set you want a different course okay go ahead and set up your different course but when you're done you got to put it right back the way you found it that's the most common and then the other one is free for all wild west Hmm. yeah
0: apparently uh rachel lives in the free for all wild west area (coughs) (laughs) she she lives in the wild west yeah (laughs) um Let's see here, Kayla. <laughs> uh, there were a couple people that said leaving stuff in the arena—it's uh, the worst. I don't. Yeah, know. it's like
2: the mounting
0: block uh, that makes okay. me
2: crazy. Like when you put cones out that you're going to go around and do patterns around maybe, stuff like for that. Barrel
0: racers, yeah, yeah, their
2: jackets hanging on the fence, and then your horse spooks at their jacket hanging on the fence.
0: Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Not that that's ever see, happened to it. you, Christy. I hate it when people leave no. their
4: coffee cups in the arena. That makes me crazy.
0: Oh, there you go. Yep, Uh, Says the girl whose coffee (laughs) cup I find all over the farm. (laughs) So let's just throw that in there. Uh, (laughs) Lorene says, arguing, you were at the barn, just ride your horse. Again, people, people, people. Just people. people. (laughs) Uh, But it's true. And, you know, we've talked about this before, and you know, you've been in a million barns. You know the second you walk in a barn what the atmosphere of that barn's like. I don't care. Oh, yes, you do. I don't care if that there's true. You just know whether it's a tense barn or whether it's a calm barn, don't you? And you don't even have to hear anybody talk. It has a feeling when you walk in. It
2: does have a feeling. And, and the
0: horses know it too. The horses all have a feeling as well. And we've tried to figure out what's the thing? What's the thing that what's that spider sense that causes that feeling? And I don't think it's any one thing. Right? I think you you know, you've been to a million barns, so you have a better idea when you walk in. And I think it's everything. It's is there crap lying all over the place? Are the horses doing circles and weaving? I think it's all of that put together gives you that feeling immediately. Now that immediate judgment may be wrong, but most of the time it's right, isn't it? I think you're absolutely right
2: about that, yes. And it really is a management issue. I mean, whoever the manager is of that facility probably has a certain personality style that dictates how that's going to ride too yeah. and so they're only going to get certain borders in there you know what i mean yeah yep. i think all
0: that's a big part of it well we have time for like one or two more here while Jennifer okay i want to go to cat really
2: quick yeah, if you don't care um on. she says um people who don't disconnect and drain the hoses <laughs> and living here in denver oh yes please that is crazy because then it can crack your hoses. And it's the same thing with, like, electrical cords, too. If you don't put wrap those up correctly, wrap hoses up correctly, it can really damage them. So, yeah You come out I the, the next morning and
0: the hose is frozen to the spigot and the hose is completely oh. frozen full of water because they didn't drain it at all. And oh, then it yes. takes, you have to put it out in the sun and it takes till, like, 3 o'clock in the afternoon to, <laughs> to yes. fall out. I get it. We used to bring them in the back porch of the house that was heated, um, and just you know put put the ends in buckets because we couldn't we couldn't get them thawed out. Uh, (laughs) Especially where you live.
2: Oh, but that it's bad. Well, I'll tell you the other one I really like on here, Glenn, yeah. is Alexis says when people pull their horse's blankets up like the horse's back against the grain of the hair, just place it up higher and pull it towards the tail, and that's true. It's just like putting a saddle pad on or anything else. Now you're going to have that hair underneath all matted and going the wrong way. So I love that
0: one. That's just such a simple one we could all do. Yeah, no, that's did, a good I've one. Never even thought about it before. I know I've seen yeah. people do it, but I. Don't. And then Chant- poor Chantel. Uh, she has a fat pony, and I see. I now this one I can relate to because I might have a fat pony. Um, commented negatively on my horse's weight. She has EMS. She's on a strict diet. I feed her less than. If I feed her any less, she's going to disappear. Her diet is fine. Thank you for your comment, random person. <laughs> 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 Again, we come down to people, just people, just people. <laughs> <laughs> now you have a whole list of these on your website, so let's give a plug for the website too.
2: Oh, my gosh, yes. If you guys want to be entertained, just go to horse. Go ahead and go under um, articles. It's going to be the second from the end on all the tags at the top, and it will say pet peeves, um, and it will go on. I think since like the year 2001, we've been doing this. So a really long time. So yeah, there's, there, there's a lot of them up there. And remember, we're equine professionals, all of us that have done these pet peeves. So it's a riding instructor, trail guide, barn manager's perspective. So they tend to be pretty entertaining.
0: <laughs> well, thank you to the auditors for chiping in there. We really appreciate it. And your guest is ready.
2: So excited. Okay, so this is Joanne Young, and Joanne's been on our show before, Glenn and Jen. She has been teaching, riding, and training horses for over 54 years and is happy that she herself is still learning. She is a CHA regional director and clinician. She has studied with wonderful instructors all throughout her life, and she really feels indebted to them. She works at Houghton College in New York near Buffalo, and that happens to be the site of our Certified Horsemanship Association 2019 International Conference this next October. And everyone's invited to attend it, and she actually has a brand new facility at her college. So, Joanne, we're so excited to have you on the show. Good morning, Christy and Glenn and Jen. I'm happy to be with you guys. So tell me a little bit more about the new facility so that listeners can hear all the renovations you've done there at Houghton.
6: Well, when I first started at Houghton, they had a brand new arena that was a whole 60 feet wide by 145 feet long. And we rapidly outgrew that. So the current new additional indoor arena is an answer to about 20 years of prayer and a whole lot of brainstorming but came as is typical of God's way of working things out from a totally unexpected source, an anonymous donor. We don't even know if it's a man or a woman, never mind who it is, Hmm. who gave the lead gift that allowed us to put up a new indoor arena that's 100 feet wide by 220 feet long. That's the riding floor area. Above the beautiful slanted kickboards, On the end, facing the south, facing the river valley, are huge windows. So you have this gorgeous view year-round. There is a competitor's wing attached on the outside of the riding arena down one side with stabling and wash stalls and changing room with with private bathrooms inside the changing rooms uh, for the competitors. And down the other side of the arena, uh, the roof extends out over an area outside of the kickboards with bleacher seating for up to 250 people and a gorgeous, huge classroom that can double as a show office announcers booth, et cetera, a lovely concession room, um, which makes it really handy for serving food to competitors and spectators alike and men's and ladies restrooms on the North end of the arena is a lovely big welcome center which we're still in the process of finishing off, but which will have a beautiful check-in desk and all kinds of accoutrements for places where people can sit down to fill out entry forms, et cetera. Uh, It is geothermal heat, um, which is assisted by gas when needed, and climate-controlled. So in the summer, it's 70 degrees, and in the winter, it's 55 which makes it super comfortable no matter what it's like. And where you are in New York, that's important. (laughs) Yes. Oh, you better believe it. You better believe it. (laughs) So, and then I did a lot of research when a friend invited me to attend World Cup dressage in Omaha. And there was all kinds of vendors there. And I checked out everybody's footing and we ended up putting in um, German geotextile footing in that new arena. So it's literally like riding on a cloud. You don't even hear the horse's footfalls
2: and the horses just love it. So people, if you're listening and you live near Buffalo, New York, near Houghton, go and visit. So awesome. Definitely. Or come to our international conference and then get to ride Joanne's great school horses too in the fluffiness of the arena.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're not mine. They're the college's, but they are awesome.
2: Yes. Well, we are excited today to get you to give us your uh, pet peeves because we do this show once a year, Joanne, and it just makes us laugh. It's just one of those really fun shows to do, and we just had a bunch of them that the auditors on Horse Radio Network uh, gave Glenn. He literally posted it last night, and they just did it overnight, 50 of them. So there's obviously a lot of opinions in the horse world, yes, but we haven't had any yet on trail, so can we jump into some of your trail pet peeves? I think that would be fun. Sure.
6: Sure. Well, one of my first ones stems from way early years, 30 years ago when I started working at the college um, and I got a phone call from a neighboring farmer. Some of the college student boarders decided they would go on a trail ride off property, despite the fact we have 386 acres up here with all kinds of trails on it. And so cutting across someone's crop fields, especially when the ground is soft, Freshly planted, like maybe it's in the fall and it's winter wheat or mature crops that are ready to harvest, is not appreciated by the landowner. No, It also doesn't do any good for the horse's legs. Um, Going across a cropped cornfield where it's been chopped uh, can really cut up your horse's legs and going across fresh, fresh plowed ground can really bog them down. You can pull tendons and ligaments. That's why when we wrote up our boarding contract, we included things in it like that. You do not go off of marked trails unless you have written permission from the landowner specifying where you're allowed to go.
2: Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I'll tell you another trail one, Joanne, that makes me crazy is when people run their horses up hills. Don't do that don't run your horses up hills because then every time that horse gets to the bottom of a hill, it's going to want to run. And maybe one day you're going to have your horse husband on the horse, or maybe one day you're going to have a friend on the horse, or maybe one day you're not going to feel up to running up the hill. And guess what? Your horse is still going to want to do. Exactly. Me. Yes. Do you which, have other trail which brings
6: some, Well, kind of ties right in with that. And that is one of CHA's, Safety rules, which I think is vital, is when you're on a trail ride, you set the pace that you're going according to the least experienced or able rider, or if you have all competent riders, the least experienced or less mentally, emotionally stable horse in the group. So So if you've got 10 people on a ride and you've got one that can only walk, I don't care if the rest of you are advanced level eventers, you walk. Or the least emotionally
0: stable person in the group. And that would be me if I'm along. So (laughs) keep that in mind, too. (laughs) Yes. And um,
6: that information stems from years ago. I worked at a camp in Michigan, year-round camp and conference center, with a 65-horse operation. And we would take out... Every 45 minutes, send out a fresh group of 20 riders with a lead, a drag, and a flank rider from staff to keep them safe. And you will find that people can do the stupidest things. So staying on alert if you are a trail guide is vitally, vitally important. And the whole not wanting to gallop if you have just beginners you know who the people were that were the worst offenders? If it was a youth group, the leader of the youth group, who was usually someone in their early to mid-twenties, would want to show off, if it was male, from the young ladies in the group. So would check back the horse to get three or four horse lengths and then boot their horse to scoot forward so they could show off that they could gallop. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I had all our trail guides trained that they would right up next to that person and say, You are here this weekend to teach these kids maturity and how to develop good behavior patterns while having fun. We're counting on you to set a good example and these are the trail rules rules and this is why. And we do not want to have to reprimand you in front of your kids that you are a leader for and undermine your authority with them in any way. So are you on our team?
2: Because if you're not just once, then they'd say, okay, bam. (laughs) 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 Well, you know what I love, Joanne, you put here that you have a book that you found on arena rules. Could you go ahead and give the author a plug and tell us about that and what some of those rules are? I have never heard of this book before.
6: It's not a book. It was an article in Dressage Today magazine. And oh, okay. um, the author was Beth Bukema, B-E-U-K-E-M-A. And um, these are rules that are universal around the world amongst people who ride dressage and most people who are any discipline that are used to sharing arenas. Um, you have to remember that if you can't be flexible, you can't be in the horse business. And the rules of ring etiquette are also Flexible and need to be adaptable to the given situation. So, first priority is safety of the horse and rider. Common courtesy is the second priority. And when riding in a group, communication with the other riders so that you keep an eye on each other and the patterns that you're planning on riding and the attitudes of the horses around you. For instance, if I wanted to school my horse and do some halt canner transitions, I'm not going to do that in the ring when it's early in the semester. And there are also students riding in leisure extra riding times that are available to the students who are scared beginners and can barely steer at the walk because to see a horse moving at speed faster than a walk, it's going to snare the snot out of them and set back their education. Okay. So that's just setting scenario. But in general, you pass left shoulder to left shoulder. If you're here in the States and in most of Europe, then you know that's the same as the rules for driving. So if people are old enough to have a driving license, you pass like you would when you're on the road if you're heading opposite directions. Second, stay on the second track when working at the walk. Now, second track, if you're not familiar with riding arena terms, means you're far enough in off the rail or the wall, Depending on whether you're outdoors or indoors, so that there's room for another horse between your horse and the rail or the wall. And the reason for that is if you're walking and someone else is working at speed, they have to keep cutting back, and you're clogging up. So you need to get over in the passing lane if you're going to, so that you're out of the way. It's kind of the opposite of on the freeway, um, but at the same time, if you're moving faster you need to let people know so that you're not taking them by surprise and startling them or their horse.
2: Can I do an example, Joanne? Can I do an example? Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Oh, I have a story. So our friend, Julie Goodnight, of course, we all know her well. She's been on the show a lot and she's our spokesperson for CHA. Um, She came to my house with her husband, Rich, and they were going to do a big clinic at a barn where I worked and we had it maxed out. There was 20 and it was a big arena, but it was 20. Well, I was Eight months pregnant, and I what for putting the clinic on, I got to ride for free in the thing. Well, I couldn't ride, and I didn't have a student or anybody that was available, so I said, Hey, can my husband, John, ride my Appaloosa? And so Julie goes, yeah, I don't care. That's fine. And I go, okay, just so you know, he can walk trot canter, but he's kind of a beginner. You know, he's never really been in a group environment. She goes, okay, yeah, that's fine. No problem. So we get out there and everything's good at the walk. Everything's good at the trot. And then Julie's a very brave woman. She has everyone canter at one time in this big roping arena. She's like, okay, everybody canter. So (laughs) John picks up the canter on chip. Well, he doesn't know the rules of arena etiquette that you're supposed to pass to the inside. And so he has some of the ladies, so it was all ladies and John that are not on the rail properly. They're not going deep in the corner. So he gets into his race car motorcycle background and just any hole he has, baby, he's going around. And my horse is having the greatest time, just ripping around. <laughs> and these poor ladies are having a heart attack. And every single time that he would pass to the outside, they'd pull back and say, Ho. So pretty soon it was only John going around the arena. And Julie finally said, John, look around you. You are the only one still catering. You're scared. Married everybody. It was hilarious. We we had a good time laughing. (laughs) So, yeah, (laughs) arena rules are for a reason, for safety, yes. (laughs) Yes. And if you run a place that
6: has large groups of people, it's a very good idea to post the safety rules right by where you go in or out of the arena as well as introducing people to them if they're regular riders there or if they are boarders there so that everybody knows. Because if you don't know what's going on, like those ladies and your husband, (laughs) Um, another one is announce in a loud voice when you're entering or exiting the arena. And that's particularly important if it's an indoor arena so people can't see you coming and going. Um, uh, The first time I ever experienced that in action was in 1992 when I was riding at a barn in Germany and I'm in there having the lesson with the head trainer who is on the horse that he's schooling at the time coaching while he's coaching me and I hear somebody holler, and I'm like, "What? what's going on? And someone over a little closer to where you came in from the barn hollered, Ist fry," and I'm like, w- "What are they frying?
3: <laughs>
6: Look poor is door and fry is free. Is the door free? East fry Yes, it's free, so you can come in nice. and the whole purpose for that is so you don't whip the door open just as somebody is approaching the doorway to pass it and spook their horse.
2: That's very good. We hear a lot of As you can tell. Call out gate or whatever.
6: Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Well, we holler door when it's in and out of the arena because it's actually a door. Um, But, yeah, gate works great if you're outdoors because if you holler door, they go, what? What are you talking about? (laughs) So, obviously, things have to be adapted to the different um, locations that you're in. But definitely letting people know what is about to happen includes letting them know if you're going to open a doorway. That's one of the reasons we remodeled the doors that go from our lesson barn into our old indoor arena and put big safety glass windows in the top half. So you can look and see if someone is coming as well as holler door before you slide it open. Oh, that's good. Okay, here's another one. Keep at least one horse's length between you and another horse. I like to describe it as keep distance for a half-grown elephant between your horse's nose and the butt of the horse ahead of you. Or one of the ones that I read, I think it was in a CHA publication years ago. You should be able to look between your horse's ears and see the feet of the horse ahead of you. If you can't, one of two things is true. Either you're too close or you got left so far behind, they're completely out of sight. (laughs) Yep. Now that applies to on the trail too. And I like to make it an adaptation for horses to what I learned in driver's ed back when I was a teenager. And that is for every 10 miles per hour, an extra car length between you and the car ahead of you for every gate you go up, another horse length between. So if you're trotting, there should be two horse lengths between you and the horse ahead of you. If you're cantering, there should be three. So you have room to maneuver because things happen so much faster at the higher gates.
2: That's a really good way to think about it.
6: Yeah. It can save a lot of accidents. And when you have people that don't understand I like to remind them that every horse has a 15 degree blind spot directly in front of its head and directly behind its head. So if you're coming up directly behind the horse and you get too close, they either feel your horse's breath or they get bumped by your horse and their first instinct, if they can't bolt away, is going to be to kick. And if that horse kicks at your horse, your horse in self-defense is going to turn to the side to avoid getting nailed. And guess where those hooves are going to land? Right on your shin bone.
2: That is not a good place. And usually if you
6: no, not even if you're wearing heavy duty leather tall riding boots or chaps, it's still not comfortable to have that happen. So does Beth have
2: some other things so, in there? Because this is some good stuff, Joanne.
6: Yes. Um that's only the first four, five, because the fifth one was don't ride up on the tail of another horse. The sixth one is use the second and third tracks. The most used part of the ring is the track, the outermost path right next to the rail and going into the corner. When many horses are utilizing the same space, you may need to be on the second and third track. And usually you figure the third track is about two meters or six and a half feet from the rail and allows even more horses room for horses to safely pass you on the outside the other factor is if you are riding a horse that's a little tenderfooted either he's thin-soled and or maybe he has a touch of arthritis in the knees and hocks a good guy but feeling his age a little bit if you ride right on the track all the time where everybody else likes to ride even if the ring gets dragged every day it's going to pack harder there and it's going to be harder on their joints the other thing is yes you need to train a horse that you can stay on the rail but you also need to train a horse that they can go in a straight line when not using the rail for a reference point to be emotionally dependent on it
2: and that is so so good because so many people they fall apart when they leave the arena because they don't have that rail i love that
6: yes and it's a really good test of how well you actually are riding if you can actually ride a straight line without being right next to a rail for a visual and emotional guide. It makes you realize that mm, horses by nature don't travel in straight lines. If you look at the path they normally take leaving the gate to go out to the pasture, they usually aren't straight paths worn through the grass if you're in an area where it'll wear down with regular travel. They usually kind of wander. So one of our goals is to get a horse that can move straight, whether you're going to do an equitation pattern, ride a jumper course, do a rundown with a slide stop and a rollback in a reining pattern, or whether you're going to do a dressage test, you need to be able to ride straight lines in accurate circles. Mm -hmm. Staying on the rail
2: isn't going to teach you how to do that. Joanne, this is so good. Our good friend, Teresa Kackard who's also been on this show and is one of our instructors too, she always talks about how horses like to walk in rainbows. And it's based on where their eyes are on the sides of their head versus in the front. You know, a lot of your prey animals do rainbow walking where they mm-hmm. do little half moons versus straight like predators who eyes are on the front. So you're right. Riding in a straight line is the one of the most hardest things in the world to do on a horse because they don't want to. They yeah. want to weave back and forth. And, you know, so I think that's a wonderful pet peeve thing, but also a way to fix it and then make your horse better. So see, we're doing equitation, we're doing training, and we're talking about pet peeves all at the same time, Joanne.
6: Yeah, well, things do tend to be rather intertwined in the horse world, I've noticed. I would agree. All right. Number seven in this set of rules is when riding a circle, look in the direction you're going and ride only as far out as on the second track. This allows other riders to still pass you on the outside and not cut through your circle. If you're not sure that another rider is aware that you are circling, call out circle to let the other riders know your intentions before you move to the second or third track and start working your circle. And circles is another thing that's difficult to ride accurately, although as my favorite mentor Walter Zettel used to say, it's very simple to ride a perfect circle. Every step is just the same amount of turning. And then he would laugh and say, but simple doesn't equal easy.
2: That is so true. So, Joanne, it looks like we have time for maybe one more. So, could you find one more arena one from Beth that really resonates with you? Well, this number 10 right here,
6: green horses and beginner riders should be given more space by more experienced riders who should also keep an eye out for possible out of control moments that green horses and riders may experience. And I would add to that and be prepared to kindly offer help. So that's wonderful. when Thanks. things start to go awry, help them out. Don't blow them off. Don't get angry at them. Everybody has to start at beginner level somehow. Nobody was born being advanced.
2: And one high tech thing that's happening these days, I notice in some of these really busy arenas at horse shows and also at boarding barns, people are putting earbuds in and they're riding with their music playing, kind of like you do when you run. Well, then you're not paying attention to anything. And I find that is a big pet peeve. I don't like that at all. That's against our
6: rules here. If you're oh, practicing you a free musical freestyle and you need to be using your music and you're sharing the arena, you're only allowed to have one earbud in.
2: Oh, that's good.
6: So that if something starts to go wrong, you can hear. And I've been in barns where it's posted for, in their safety rules for barn workers doing chores or grooming and tacking up. You may not be on your cell phone, and you may not be listening to an iPod because of safety factors. You can't hear danger that's about to happen until you're feeling it, and then it's too late.
0: I'm always confused by bicyclists who have uh, earbuds in both ears. It's like, I, one, I can understand, but both ears when you're a bicyclist? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah, too much.
6: Yeah, yeah, that's a major safety thing.
2: So, Joanne, go ahead and give us the website to find you and your barking dog, and then we'll know where to go. Yeah.
6: I'm going to let my dog outside so you can actually hear what i said.
2: saying.
6: <laughs> okay. They came to empty the dumpster, so therefore the dog oh, has to announce, go. like, well, I couldn't right. possibly hear the truck without her.
0: Jack Russell?
6: <laughs> yes. No, she's a corgi. Go. Oh, okay. Corging
0: instinct. There you go. It had to be one of the two. <laughs> <so>.
6: <laughs> yeah. So contact information here, Houghton College has a lovely website, Edu slash equestrian. And remember to put the I before the A in equestrian. If you have dyslexic fingers typing like I do, that's important information. Um, and the phone number at the office at the barn is 585 567 Three three five, and we are so looking forward to welcoming CHA people and anyone interested in horses to the international conference, October twenty-four to twenty-seven, two thousand nineteen. We'll be using both of those lovely arenas and the classrooms, and welcoming you to delightful dining at the campus food service, which has so much good organic food and choices of all different kinds of things. I'm glad I don't eat there all the time. I would have trouble getting a horse to want to carry me because I would increase in weight.
2: Oh, and but- Glenn, she is so right. <laughs> they have faux, oh, they have make-your-own-pizza, they have, I mean, it's unbelievable food at Houghton College.
0: So the I- freshman 20 applies, but it's just healthy. Oh.
2: It's a healthy yes. freshman
0: 20. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Joanne, thank you so much for being on the show today. We appreciate you. Thanks, Joanne. Well, thanks, Merry Christy. Christmas. It's always
6: great to spend time with you. Merry Christmas to everyone, to Glenn and Jen and Christy and to all of the listeners.
2: Merry Christmas.
0: All right. Speaking of Christmas, let's take a break. Uh, Bren Hill's going to join us with uh, Christmas for Cowboys. And then we're going to come back and talk more about pet peeves with another guest that's been on before, right? Yes, Shelley Hensley. And she
2: has been on before and you will enjoy her energy for sure. Yes, we'll be right back.
1: Tall in the saddle, we spend Christmas Day Driving cattle over snow-covered plains All of the good gifts are given today Ours is the sky, the wide-open plain campfire for warmth. we stop for the night, stars overhead, our Christmas tree lights, the wind sings a hymn as we bow down to pray, Christmas for cowboys and wide open plains. In the city, they have different ways Football and eggnog and Christmas parades I'll take the blanket, I'll take the reins Christmas for cowboys and wide open plains I spend Christmas Day driving cattle over snow covered plains. All of the good gifts are given today. Ours is the sky and the wide
0: Is Bren Hill, you can find all of his music at BrenHill.com. That one was called Christmas for Cowboys. You know, we talked yesterday, Christy, about, uh, about. well, we have talked with many professional riders over the last month, at radio, starting at Radiothon, about what they do at the holidays, and most of them let their staff have the day off, and they go out and do the horses themselves and that kind of thing. It, after having worked with many dairy farmers, there's something I would never want to do because they just never get a break ever <laughs> it doesn't matter the holiday those cows need milking and it's oh, just you can't hard. say I'm not going to milk them today or I'm going to milk them late or any of that it, you know they have to be milked that time twice a day it's just I, I admire them so much because that's a tough life that is a tough life <clears throat> Um, but yeah so uh, so don't have any milking cows is what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> and Shelley, who we're going to introduce here in just a second, I think she has milking goats.
2: So she can probably oh, interject really? a little bit uh-huh, with this. So <laughs> we'll introduce Shelley right now. So she's the co-founder of H. Mill Iron Horsemanship. Shelley Hensley lives in Maxburg, Iowa. She serves on our CHA board of directors as clinic staff for us and as a site visitor. She is a riding instructor and horse trainer and enjoys working alongside her husband, Randy, who's a certified farrier. They rehabilitate horses, and they have a lot of critters on their acreage. Hello, Shelly. How are you?
5: Good morning. I am great. How's it going there?
2: Good. We're so glad you're on with us. So you do have milking goats. Am I right about that? Don't you have one you milk?
5: I, I do. I do. I officially raise Nubian dairy goats now, so... I have a, a small herd. Uh, Randy and I just purchased our very own buck, and I don't have to milk right now because you know we just got all the does bred, and so my excitement won't start until about the middle of April.
0: Is it twice a day with them too?
5: Now it depends. Uh, yes, they need either you need to milk them twice a day, or the kids need to help right. you out with that. Right. I, I know some farms that um, they're in it primarily for the milk production. So they hand raise the kids, bottle raise the kids, and then they milk the does twice a day. Uh, We're a little more uh, laid back than that. So we use the milk for our own use. Um, I was diagnosed with a very naughty liver about a year ago. And so I can't do bovine dairy anymore, but I can goat's milk. So that's kind of how we got into the goats, and I'm doing my own thing.
0: Aren't they little, the ones you have? Are they my, no goats? my no? Nubians? They're they're large goats. Are large goats, okay. And do you make cheese my and stuff with goat them too? Is about one
5: hundred and sixty pounds.
0: Do you make? I'm sorry. Do you make cheese and stuff with the milk too?
5: Not yet. Not yet. I'm still like I'm. I'm a, a brand new goat owner. I've only been in since August. So I have a local goat guru who kind of helps me. I'm learning a lot, and uh, she thinks my background with horses has helped me. Excel in my learning with the goats, um, but I've not attempted the cheese yet. We're gonna attempt milk, or not milk, but goat milk soap, like in the next couple of weeks, because huh. I had some uh, some milk that we froze specifically to make soap with.
0: Oh, that's cool! I love goat cheese. I don't know about you, christy but It's one of my favorite things. I love. Oh, goat it cheese. tastes so yeah. good. Yeah. Goat, I love.
2: It Yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
5: good yummy. so yummy, so <laughs> yummy.
2: And go ahead and tell everybody, just so when we start these pet peeves, they'll all kind of understand your background. Go ahead and tell them um, about all the different animals on your farm. Uh, yes. And how we many know, of each that, that have. you have?
0: You you oh, collect she doesn't know like how many chips. she has. She has no <laughs> idea.
5: You know, it's one of those things where we, my husband, bless his heart, um, we have a saying you know, there's always room for one more. Well, I've got to stop saying that because two days ago, this random feral kitten that somebody dumped off, um, ended up moving into my chicken coop with my chickens. And, uh, half of those chickens I hand raised. And then there was about a dozen in there that we adopted from the animal rescue league of Iowa that were being housed in a man's basement in horrible conditions and had never been outside. So I I took these what I call my basement bargain chickens. And so we've been teaching them how to get outside and be chickens and free range and use a nesting box. And, and uh, then this random kitten moved in and I named him. So that's the end of that. He stays. Uh, we of course have our dogs and our house cat, Thunderpaws, who is an internet sensation in, in his own right. And then I'm going to say that we have six and a half horses because okay. I only count... My my miniature horse, wee biscuit, as half. Although his attitude is, you know, enough for a big horse. So they have many.
2: Yes, yeah. many, many. Yeah. Well, we just had Miss Joanne Young, who you know well, Shelley, on. And of course, she talked about trail and arena pet peeves. And so I want to launch in with you. You had some great ones um, in the barn. But before we do that, just a little educational note. So CHA, we accredit equine facilities around the country. So whether or not it's your backyard and you want an insurance discount, if you teach lessons in your backyard, or whether or not you own a full-blown lesson barn or college or university, we cite a credit and CHA um has many site visitors of whom Shelley is one and we have our standards manual and once you go through that manual and you kind of give us all the different things we need written down and what have you then we can come and cite a credit you and you can get insurance discounts the lowest we've ever gotten is 10% and the most we've ever received is actually up in Canada 50% this lady got after she got her backyard site accredited because she actually works out of her backyard. Yeah, huge, huge savings. So I just want to give a plug for that. Go to CHA.horse if you are an equine professional and want to get site accredited. And a lot of what um, Shelly's going to be talking about today is in there because I think some of your stuff you have on here is great and your pet peeves about when they don't have things like a fire extinguisher. That's pretty high level stuff, but boy, is it important. We have to have a fire extinguisher. So I'm really excited, Shelly, for you to share your ideas with us.
5: Well, you know, what what some people may not realize, they might be thinking, how in the world is a goat milker talking about pet peeves in a horse barn? But before I I decided to to get goats and become a homesteader, I worked full-time as an instructor and got to visit many, many facilities as well as manage some facilities. So basically, when I think about something that is a pet peeve, it's not that I am there to suck the fun out of everybody's day. But... Um, It it goes back to what dangers or what wrecks can we avoid so that we can spend time with our horses and really enjoy um, our time with them. And so some of these things that I wrote down or that I emailed you about were things that I had in the past had either seen somebody have an awful accident with or things that people might not think about as being a hazard in their own barn or the boarding facility or or wherever they're keeping their horse for example (laughs) leaving personal items strewn about you know if you're running a program facility and you have people coming to visit and it looks like your closet exploded in the middle of the barn aisle or in different sections of the barn it sends a message number one that you don't care about your facility but number two you know if you have a groom box or a helmet on the floor and you're trying to walk horses and put them in stalls or take them to the indoor or move them about you know it it can be a bad day if a horse steps you know into the groom box or you know knocks your helmet about or whatever is is laying about there um One of the worst wrecks that I saw on a barn aisle was somebody trying to walk their horse over a hose that was half-piled, half-coiled. And that poor horse stepped in through a coil that had popped up, and the horse thought that it was a giant anaconda that just grabbed its leg. And so you can imagine how things unraveled very quickly from there.
0: we lose christy here christy oh you know what i think we did let me try and get her back oh my she disappeared <laughs> maybe she was uh oh no we lost christy she's yeah gone. she's she's gone well okay. let's go on with the next one what are you well, what why don't you what? and i chat yeah we'll chat for a while because <laughs> i don't think christy's gonna be doing much chatting i don't know what happened in denver she'll catch back up yep. <laughs> all right continue
5: uh, you know, so just some of those general clutter things that, you know, you can keep a better eye on, like hay string left around. Yep. We
0: that's talked about really that earlier in the show. That was one of the pet peeves of one yeah. of our listeners. Uh, and then, Christi, you know, we've all heard the example Christy gave one of a horse that's, especially in fields, you know, if you leave in the field, just throw the hay bale out there and don't take the string off, and then they eat it, and then they colic, and then you have vet bills and sick horses and oh. everything else. And- uh,
4: and some of this stuff can
5: be avoided. So shouldn't we avoid it for the betterment of our horses? Right. It
0: doesn't right. take long. Right. It
5: doesn't take long to no, do up. No, it's some two seconds
0: <laughs> in most cases. Yeah. But isn't exactly. that true of most cleanup? Um, in the house. I, I believe it is. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. In the house or the barn, it's what just a couple of, of seconds you and uh, you can get it cleaned <laughs> up. But but
5: Absolutely. we're lazy
0: as people. Naturally.
5: You know, one thing that I, that I have found, Glenn, is, you know, I, I spent 20 years in camping services and, and working in large facilities, and in the last couple of years, I had an opportunity to transition out and, and come home and homestead and work with my own horses, and so I largely visit facilities now when I'm doing clinics for CHA, and it, one of the funny things that my husband and I have talked about is the fact that I spent X amount of years doing that job you know, conditioning myself to these safety rules, and I still follow them at home here with our horses. Mm-hmm. We don't serve riders on our property here anymore, um, but those rules and those policies and procedures still apply.
0: But, and because they, it also just becomes habit, it becomes muscle memory for you. So that's why you're still doing Absolutely. it. At home. Yeah, that's true.
5: Absolutely. And, you know, I really don't want to put my, ever put my horses in a position to where, I am lazy or I mess something up, and then they get injured and and pay for it. So now, um, without, I think without, without
0: naming names, yeah. there you know you visit a lot of places. without naming names, there have to be barns you walk into and go and just want to turn around and walk back out.
5: Well, sure. You know <laughs> when you're married to a farrier and you go many, many places, I mean, there are 400 horses on my husband's book right now. So we travel multiple states. And there are sometimes we'll walk into a situation, all we have to do is make eye contact, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. There was one time I had to go in and fish the horses for my husband out of a herd of llamas. <laughs> and they were not friendly llamas. No,
0: they, they didn't want you to take their horses out.
5: <laughs> and I was surrounded, you know, and we're talking like 15 llamas. And I was in the middle and the horses were on the other side and my husband like, I love you, honey. You're on your own.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thanks there, hubby.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Never a dull moment with us, let me tell
0: you. You know, I was talking about it with Christy earlier, how every barn has a feel. And you, you know, all of us can walk that have been around a while can walk in a barn and you know instantly what that barn is like. And it's just we're talking about and you must see it all the time. You must feel that feeling every day.
5: Well, you know, it depends on where we go. Some places we walk in. I remember the, the way this woman had, a, you know, it was an older barn, but it was very, very clean. And she did all of her own landscaping and her, all of her own decorations. And some of the decorations, she had curtains hanging in her barn And this old, the barn was over 100 years old. It had this real great feel like I had walked into a barn at home or I, I would feel like I wouldn't have any problems keeping my horses here. All of her animals were happy. All of her horses were happy. Everybody had great ground manners. And it was just this little old lady and, you know, the four horses that she had left from her breeding program from throughout her life. Beautiful place. And then there are some of them that it's like, OK, as soon as we're done, we're getting back in the truck now. Let's
0: get. Yeah, right. Exactly.
5: <laughs> I think we have Christy back.
2: I am back, and I have a pet peeve. My pet peeve is when my computer crashes in the middle of a live podcast. <laughs> there you
5: go. <laughs> they're helpful until
0: they're not. And that's, that's right. happened to all of us, too. So, uh, <laughs> But
2: I'm back. That's why we always do co-hosting. Right, Glenn? That's right. If, if mine crashes, otherwise we're in trouble. Otherwise, I would just
4: be talking to random people yes. by myself. <laughs> it's,
0: it's when ours crashes that the, there's a serious problem. Then, yes, then you're not talking to anybody. It's when
2: it's on my end. Yeah, so exactly.
0: Exactly. It. So we just continued without you.
2: I love that you did that. Just continue on without me. I'll just listen in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so do you have any others there, Shelly? Pet peeves? Oh, I, I, yes, I have a page full, but you know, we'll just move
5: on to, to some of the ones that, that really touched my heart, so to speak. Um, for like example, in the barn aisle, you know, we talked a little bit about leaving stuff about, um, We'll talk about horses that are in cross ties. I don't have a problem with cross ties, but sometimes there are barns where they don't have a, design- a designated grooming area that is separate from the aisle, so they have to cross tie in the aisle. That, to me, is not a big deal until you have somebody trying to squeeze them and their horse between you know, the horse and the cross ties. They're trying to squeeze around, and they're, they're not unhooking the horse from the cross ties to get by. You know, they're not asking for assistance to get by. And I've seen people before try to scoot under those cross ties with a horse. And then you get hung by your saddle horn or the pommel of the saddle. And the poor horse that's got the cross ties attached to the halter on their face, they're in peril at that point. And it's really detrimental to them and scary not to mention.
0: And the owner spent for half an hour just chatting away with their friends in the tack room, totally ignoring the horse. That's usually the case when that happens.
5: Yeah, don't yeah. leave them alone. Yeah. You know, it's like, put your phone down. If you're going to be there with your horse and you have them in cross ties or you have them tied, you know, be with your horse.
0: Don't we sound Back like a stand. whole bunch of old fuddy duddies today? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I
5: don't. I really don't mean to sound like a fun sucker, but, you know, when you get out there and you see things that could be avoided just by taking that extra step. You know, you know horses don't have a of their own, so it takes people like us to say, hey. It does keep,
0: Shelly. it keeps coming back to what one of our listeners said earlier. Her pet peeve was people, just people. And everything we've talked about today comes back to people, just people.
2: It's our new theme, (laughs) though. We're going to keep using that in future shows. Yeah, people, People, just
0: just people. people.
2: (laughs) We're all going to (laughs) get (laughs) t-shirts. We could probably make some good money. I, I say we do that.
0: I always, you know, we, we, we had a boarding should. stable for a long time, and we always said the boarding stable would have been wonderful if it hadn't been for the people. Um, and I think everybody that's boarded horses over the years has said the same thing, whether they want to say it out loud or not. They, we've all said it at one time or another. If we just had to deal with you know, the horses, it would be suddenly, great.
5: Right. And I, you know, I had never had to board my horses before until I moved out here to Iowa. And while we were in the purchase, in the process of purchasing our or home, I had to board my horses. So finding a place to board was really scary because all of a sudden someone other than myself was going to be taking care of my horses. And we found a wonderful place to board and the the lady that runs it, uh, Robin Spratka, she became a very dear friend of mine. It was a drama-free place. Robin had a really good safety record. She took great care of the horses. Um, But stepping into that role as a boarder, I didn't want to be that person, you know, I wanted to go in and be the absolute best boarder that I could be, you know, to help kind of keep the facility on the right track. And I think if more people took that mentality, I want to be the best horse owner I can be. I want to be the best boarder that I can be. Then, you know, the community and some of these barns might really begin to change.
2: I love that, Shelley. I think you're absolutely right about that. And minute, that might be. Though,
0: wait a minute, though, Shelly. That requires common sense and decency. What are you? What, ah! what are you asking for here?
5: <laughs> we can do it. I'm asking for <laughs> people being people to really be good people.
2: <laughs> That's right. Rah rah rah! We can do it. <laughs> we can do be, it. What does that say? Be the person that your dog thinks you are. Will be the person that your horse thinks you are on that good day when your horse likes you.
5: Absolutely. Yep. Because I have one right now who's just like, I'm not quite so sure about you, lady, because he's a new guy. And I'm like, but I love you. He'll get there. He
2: will get there. They always do get there. So Shelley, how do people find you and Randy there in Iowa? What's the best way?
5: Well, the easiest way to find us is, you know, to stalk me on Facebook because I always have some ridiculous video or shenanigan going on. And uh, I make a lot of friends that way and contacts that way. Otherwise, you know, just come to Maxburg, knock on our door. We're typically here. <laughs> and
2: that is, she is right about the Facebook thing. She has this chicken that's like gone viral. Yeah, it's it's pretty entertaining. So definitely look up Shelley Hensley on Facebook if you want some laughs in the evening before you go to bed. It's it, it's pretty good stuff. She also likes the Snapchat filters. That's very entertaining as well, huh, Shelly?
4: <laughs> well, you know,
5: when you're a middle-aged woman with time on your hands and you can just load up your facebook feed with shenanigans why not yes i think you should
2: <laughs> and you're so good because you're taking in all these animals like who knew that there was rescue chickens right and it makes sense who that knew? i didn't know there was rescue knew?
5: chickens yeah
2: phenomenal I, and i had
5: no clue that chickens could be traumatized by their level of care or their lack of care and not know how to be chickens like that was that was educational for me yeah
2: so I think it's constantly a good a good reminder to us all, you know, that all of these animals that we take care of, they are our responsibility. And these pet peeves around the barn and their solutions to solve them are not to be fuddy-duddy, but to truly provide no. safety and education for both the people around and, most importantly, I think, the horses.
0: Maybe we need a rescue Absolutely. for people. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> then in my
5: house i'll line them out a little bit you know it's like here milk this goat we'll build some character here's a rake
0: thank you Shelley. <laughs> merry, christmas. merry christmas thank
5: you y'all have a merry christmas you too
0: <laughs> so what lessons have we learned today people just people just people, just
2: people. <laughs> it's our new thing thanks mo <laughs>
0: All right, Mo, bringing it back to the real here. Uh, You know, (laughs) thank you so much again for the last five years. We really appreciate it. Give the website and where people can find more people that are good people. Yes, I will. So go to chainstructors.com
2: if you're looking for a boarding barn that's a kinder, gentler, happier place, um, or a trail ride operation or any kind of equine facility or instructor. And if you are a equine professional yourself and want to find out more about what we do at cha.horse, we have many, many manuals, DVDs, YouTube video shorts, and all kinds of blogs and other educational things on there. Not to mention all of these shows, and of course, you can also go to Radio. Network Horses in the Morning and find these shows as well. But it has been our pleasure to be part of the Horse Radio Network and Horses in the Morning for the
0: last five years. Well, and thank you. And thank you to the Certified Horsemanship Association for keeping it going. I'm looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. (laughs) And yes, in my neck of the woods. That's right. And in the meantime, tomorrow here on Horses in the Morning, Jamie's here, and we are going to be doing our annual holiday call-in show. We don't have any guests booked. We just are going to take calls from you guys. So if you want to call in and just talk about the holidays, if you want to, it's kind of a free-for-all. Uh, if you want to, we would love to hear if you had a favorite episode or favorite guest from the past year in 2018 here on the show, uh, or you just want to call to say hi. We don't care. We're going to open the phone lines, and we're going to keep them open for as long as we need to. Uh, we did this a couple weeks ago, and uh, we were an hour and a half with 10 phone lines full. So um, awesome. we hope that we hear from that many people again tomorrow. We would love to hear from you, and we uh, just chat away. We always do that. The last live show that we're going to be doing, Jamie and I, for the year. And then Thursday, we have the Fox Hunting Show, which is getting rave reviews. People are loving the Fox Hunting episode uh, here on Horses in the Morning. And and also, don't forget, it, we, I did two special episodes that are on your Horses in the Morning podcast feed that were the songs of Radiothon. I went back to year one, and we put two episodes together. It took that many episodes to do all the songs of Radiothons, or at least most of The songs of Radiothon. We still couldn't fit them all, but uh, it's over three hours of songs from Radiothon. So if you want to, if you're driving along and you want to have something fun and you want to chuckle, take a listen to that. We have two episodes of that on the Horses in the Morning podcast feed as well. Well, thank you, Christy. Thank you, Glenn and Jen. Merry Christmas to you and the family.
2: Yes, you guys as well, because the next time I see you, it'll all be over, even though there's just one week right now, which is a little scary.
0: That's right. Well, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Goodbye, everyone. Stay safe.
1: Have yourself.